Gail O'Neill, welcome to the program again. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Looking uh, to get an update on just kind of where we stand vaccination-wise, I haven't uh, gone to check the numbers in a couple of days. So let's just start there. How many people in Sangamon County are fully vaccinated, and what kind of progress are we making toward that herd immunity goal that we're uh, all uh, aspiring to? Well, we're doing pretty well. There's been a little slowdown, though, which is surprising. Um, We have, I've got to get it right here. We have um, in Sangamon County 54,080 residents who are fully vaccinated, and this is as of yes, as of today. And so that's 27.68 percent of our total population um, are fully vaccinated. So that's great. So we, you know, we want to get as many as we can, as far as we can. Um, but so far, we're at 27.68 percent. Uh, and how many folks then have had the first dose, which means they would be fully vaccinated within three to four weeks from now? Well, that's that's kind of a challenge because we've given out 125, um, 961 vaccinations. And we, you could, in the beginning, count that as two shots per person. But then once we had some of these are Johnson & Johnson, so they only have one shot. So there's not a easy formula to kind of add that together. We just know that um, there's been... 125,000, almost 126,000 vaccinations provided, um, and you know, 54,000 residents fully vaccinated. Well, you know, one in every four Sangamon County residents now is fully vaccinated, and that's a, a real liberating feeling uh, to to know that and to be fully vaccinated as I am. Yet at the same time, we're seeing the numbers level off or even tick up again a little bit. We've seen hospitalizations going up in just the last couple of days uh, from uh, six or seven on Monday. And now we're up to 20 local residents hospitalized there. So uh, given that in light of the vaccination progress, how concerning are these trends? They're a little bit concerning. And that's why we still need to work on, you know, increasing, increasing vaccinations as well. Um, the other part of that is that this is really only the population, for the most part, that's 18 and older. Only one of the vaccines, the Pfizer, can be used for the 16 and 17-year-olds. Um, so we've still got a percentage of our population that's under the 16 also. So that is a little cushion once they can be vaccinated. The increase of positives is a little bit, not at all like it was in the past, but it's, it's a little increase for us. We think that there's been some, and with, with some of the contact tracing and information, we know they've come from private parties or some athletics and spread um, to families, to schools, and, you know, a, a little bit of everywhere. Where we haven't seen it, fortunately, is in the long-term care facilities. So I think their vaccinations and what they've been through in the last year has, has kind of worked for them. So the more people we get vaccinated um, and, you know, still remember that we need to, you know, stay out of crowds, and wear masks whenever possible, um, we'll, we'll get through this. Uh, I know you have been in regular communication with District 186 and Superintendent Jennifer Gill, and, of course, they just uh, opened up to four days a week, so really twice as many students uh, in the classroom. Following CDC guidelines that say those young people can be uh, uh, three feet apart in the classroom as long as they're wearing masks and things, uh, have you had any concerns or voiced any concerns about that if, as you said, we're seeing some of this spread from athletic events and people then carrying the virus back into uh, into other settings, uh, are, are you bracing yourself for maybe another possible uptick related to that, that m- m- bigger concentration of people inside uh, classrooms and school buildings? 
Well, the classrooms, a lot of the teachers have been vaccinated. They, um, the schools are really good, at, and the parents have kind of prepared children to be sure that they understand they have to wear masks, and I think that's very enforceable in a classroom setting and in the school setting, so those are two good things. Um, the three feet really makes it more possible for kids to come back to school because six feet is really difficult in a lot of the older school buildings and places without as much room. So um, I think that the actual school with the routines and the um, mitigations they can put in place has not, has not shown uh, a passing around of the disease at this point. So we're happy about that. Sangamon County Public Health Director Gail O'Neill is here with us as we're talking about uh, the COVID-19 trends, the vaccination numbers, etc. cetera. Uh, Gail, you mentioned that, uh, again, uh, vaccinations seem to be slowing down a bit. There was a point uh, just a few weeks ago where every time there was an available appointment, people were scrambling to get their hands on it, uh, frantic to get their hands on it, in fact. Uh, and I know that now, uh, as you open up appointments, uh, they, they don't just go immediately in a matter of uh, a couple of hours the way they used to. What, what's happening there? Are we hitting a wall where you have kind of reached uh, the, the people who were uh, absolutely determined to get the vaccine, and now you've got some persuading to do? I think that's the case. We did have people who, you know, know and, and were truly concerned for their health conditions, that they wanted the vaccine, and they um, had reasons to protect themselves. I do think we've got a little more convincing to do with the general, general younger, healthy public that may not, you know, they might have been waiting their turn or didn't see it as urgent. Now they want to see how people, if they have bad reactions or, you know, have some time to think over if they want to be vaccinated or not. So um, we're trying to make it as convenient as possible and um, doing some targeting in areas where people might not think about vaccinations until it comes kind of like everybody in your neighborhood's doing it type thing. So that that's a, a good approach, too. So... I know you've been well aware of the concerns that, particularly in minority communities, there may be some reluctance, maybe even some mistrust of, of the medical community. You've been trying to reach out to that. We know that uh, the, the minority population here in Sangamon County uh, has been sort of disproportionately underrepresented in the totals for vaccinations. What's happening to change that, and are you seeing uh, those numbers improve at all? the numbers are improving. We haven't seen concrete ones with them um, broken down that well yet, but there are efforts um, going on to try to target or try to explain and answer questions of the um, African-American community and the other um, minority communities in our, um, in our city and to try to explain and answer questions. Um, SIU helped develop a really good um, kind of campaign with the, trying to address the myths that people have. And it, it's, a, it's, it's a fact and it's history that there is a mistrust of the medical community um, from the African-American people. And we're um, hoping that we're kind of dispelling some of those myths. And as some of their leaders are vaccinated and other people, that they will, um, you know, realize that it's something important they could do for themselves and, and the community and help get the kids back in school as well. Gail, you and I talked last week uh, about the COVID-19 variants. One of the things that is uh, concerning people, the longer it takes folks to get vaccinated, the more they may find themselves susceptible to one of these potentially more contagious or more serious variants. Uh, we've uh, heard now that they've had these cases in Champaign County, now in Macon County. Uh, have we seen any indication of variants here in Sangamon County yet? I think through some random sampling that goes through the Illinois Department of Public Health, we've seen that there's some in this county, but not, um, to my knowledge, there's not a particular case that I'm aware of. Um, they, Like I said, they do do some 
random sampling from these specimens that go into the lab so they know there is some in the community, but um, I'm not aware of any particular cases. So uh, it, when they I- identify that through random sampling, they don't actually link that to a particular individual person? Uh, do, I mean, do, do, do you need to notify people if they have that uh, one of those particular variants since it can be potentially more contagious, or I guess you really have to uh, treat it and react to it the same way? Right. It's, it's, the treatment and the reaction is the same way, um, and I think that's probably why they're being a little bit cautious not to, to scare people to death or stop people from testing, um, but just to, to know what's in the community and what to be prepared for. But the quarantine period's the same and the treatment as well. So, so the presumption is the variants are here as well. So the things we've been telling people for the past year to do, it's still important to do. Uh, if you've been vaccinated, are you still potentially susceptible to one of these variants or are they given, the vaccines giving pretty good protection from that also? Yeah, the vaccines are doing really, really well against the variants, um, although vaccines are not 100 percent. But we're you know, seeing that it's at least 90, 95 percent um, effective and they're, they're very effective about keeping a person who does get infected um, not as sick. So they shouldn't be hospitalized or have um, deaths resulting from you know, this COVID-19, um, it's like with the flu shot, you know, you get that and you still may get a touch of the flu at some point, but it shouldn't be as severe. And that's the goal of this vaccine. Uh, you know, and, and finally, Gail, one of the things that I hear over and over again is just people talking about the uh, efficiency of the vaccination process. And I know you had to kind of build this a little bit from scratch. You've had some prior experience with mass vaccinations, but something on this scale is is fairly unprecedented here, at least in our lifetimes. Uh, can, can you talk, first of all, about um, have you had any significant issues of doses going to waste, not being able to be used, being mis, mishandled uh, in some way? Has that been an issue at all here locally? We haven't had much of that, fortunately. We did have uh, two vials that came out of the package broken, so <laughs> the top broken. So that was two two vials that was a loss. That was really nothing we could have done. Um, we haven't had any temperature problems, fortunately. We've had, you know, a couple at the end of the day. We used to, and we, we kind of tried many ways to make sure that we had people at the end of the day. Most recently, we've had parking spots, so if people wanted to wait and see if there was something left over, but those aren't even, people aren't even coming for those anymore right now. So... We kind of scramble if we know that there's extra doses at the end of the day, and occasionally one or two um, are wasted, but that's just begun to happen. And, um, you know, people kind of <laughs> they look at us about starting 3.30, quarter to 4, our staff is going over to Popeye's and seeing if anybody needs a shot or going over to the gas station or calling pennies wow. and trying to get people vaccinated. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, appointments are available even as we speak. Uh, if people uh, are hearing this and saying, yeah, I probably ought to get that shot, how, what's the best way to go to get one as quickly as possible? Best way to go is to call the hotlines. Um, and a couple things we need. So the drive through clinic here at the health department is currently providing a Moderna vaccine. And the um, number here is uh, two, uh, 321. It's 217-321. 2606. Now the National Guard is doing Pfizer, and that's the only one that's eligible that people between 16 and 17 can get, you know, the only one approved for them is the Pfizer. So they would need to call 217-210-8801. And you can get to both of these through our website, which is scdph 
scdph.org. Yeah, and those phone numbers are there well, or you can just enroll online, scdph.org, for either of those options. There are other options in the community as well, through yeah. the hospitals and, and so on and so forth. Uh, as we're at 27%, your your target's what, around 70% or so for that uh, herd immunity that uh, we yes. would like to achieve? That's where we'd like to be, yes. We've got a ways to go, and that's the key to getting things reopened again. Gail O'Neill, Sangamon County Public Health Director, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks. Thanks, Jim.